All right, welcome to the Two Sons Podcast. Uh, happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. Uh, today, Luke and I are going to be talking about episode three of House of the Dragon, as well as the first two episodes of the Lord of the Rings series. That will be a separate video and a separate release uh, probably tomorrow. I probably won't uh, wait too long since uh, new episodes are coming out every week. Um, but House of the Dragon really picked up in intensity this week. Yeah. I thought we had our first kind of like classic Game of Thrones moment at the end with Damon Targaryen just wrecking <laughs> the crab feeder. It was just incredible. wrecking the crab feeder. No, and what blew my mind is the crab feeder's already dead. And, and everyone gave me a huge warning like, hey, if you get really interested in a character, expect them to die. And let's be honest, like the crab feeder is probably going to die of his like his skin cancer pretty soon because yes. <laughs> that's raging. He should have gotten that checked out. But yeah, man, he already died. I can't believe it. But he, Damon wrecked him and it was incredible. Yes. You, I, I assume he's going to live even though he was shot with arrows oh, probably yeah. four yes. times, five he's times. Gonna, he's going to be fine. Um uh, we, I, w- I want to get to that a little bit later because w- there's, there was kind of like an interesting pathway through this episode. I saw a couple of different themes. Like, first of all, the hunt was funny and yeah. just like, like Viserys is like, uh, you know, getting, re- they're hunting this stag and the stag the is very stag. big and they think it might be this like famous white stag, this like, uh, kind of creature of legend. And at the end they've got him trapped and it's clear that Viserys is like depressed because it's not the white stag. Right. Um, but like I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is embarrassing for you. No, it is. They're, like, tr- they're just holding this creature in place. Literally for you to stab tied him. up. Yeah. Right. And it's like squirming in agony. Right. And it's this huge, beautiful stag. And then he's just going to go up and stab it with a gold, with a gold spear. It's so ridiculous. And it still took him two times. I know. It's the most ridiculous thing. He's all depressed and he's all hung over. Yeah. <laughs> dude. And like, what a contrast to, because last, last week or the week before I was talking about that bow hunter Cameron Haynes and like oh, how yeah, he like yeah. dedicates his life to, to being like the ultimate hunter. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure any, any real hunter watching that scene was probably just like, Oh my gosh, this yeah, is the this worst. This is embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, and the, the, the second stab thing is must be like the equivalent of like trying to blow out your birthday cake candles and like failing. <laughs> well, and, then the actual, and everyone's at the table like, Oh, right, right, right. And then the actual hunter's like, yeah, right, right there to the left. <laughs> yeah. To the left is where yeah. the lung is. Do you remember the first spot that I showed you? The 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 spot I showed you before you missed and yeah. hit over to the right. Yeah, that back yeah. over there. That's where you're supposed to stab. You stabbed his leg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, his upper thigh is not going to kill yeah. him. Uh, That's not where his heart grace. is or his lung. <laughs> you just stabbed his intestines. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> That's kinda, a problem. It's it's funny to me too how like it's it's this it, it's kind of like this glorified like glamping trip. Oh, I know. Where they all go and they kind of like just move their city little by little no, out into the Kingswood. And the, oh, gosh. It's like, dude, let's it's rid the forest of anything living for now and then we'll just move on. Yeah, it's exactly. so wild. That hunting scene was crazy. So the, the, the general dynamic, though, throughout the first two thirds of the episode was, okay, um, we have Aegon Targaryen II, who is the new heir. Mm-hmm. And there's like this clearly bristling hatred going on between Rhaenyra and um, what's her face? The Hightower? Uh, yeah, Alicent Hightower. Yeah, Alicent Hightower. And, uh, but uh, clearly Alicent 
is like bummed about it, which in her defense, like she was forced to do all this by her she's father. She's forced to be stepmom. Yeah, <laughs> step-mom. she's forced by, by, by her father. So it's not like she, you know, signed up for any of this, but clearly Rainier doesn't see it that way. No, and Rainier is just being like just true form teenage girl. Oh, full, full <laughs> teenage girl. Just, just like, leaning yeah. hard into it. Exactly. Um, and then, and then obviously the dynamic of everybody and their brother trying to pressure um the king to name right. Aegon Targaryen the heir. Right. And it kind of has very similar vibes to the second episode where everyone's pushing him in the same direction right. which is almost inherently making him want to go the other. And I actually really liked the you know cuz Viserys is an interesting character and you pointed this out in the first episode you're like he's weak. And I think yeah. you're right. But I don't think he's I weak for think, a king. Yeah, he's weak for he's just not meant to do what he's doing. Right. And and like uh, you almost are like sympathetic towards him where it's like I know. he really does care, he really does work hard. He just hates the politics. He does. And he has he lights it. of shining mo- moments too where where he does make a good decision or he does back himself up or mm-hmm. you know, he does, you know, do something that's completely reasonable. Who's um I forget his name, but he's one of his uh, advisors and you know, when the king's drinking and he, and uh, he's had a lot of wine, he walks up to him and then the king's like what are you going to tell me that your son is the best heir for for my daughter? And he's like, actually, no, because uh, um, he said, and he's the one who recommended Corlys Valerian's son, the exactly. one that's fighting, the one who ends up riding the dragon at the end. Exactly, very interesting. That I thought was a major foreshadowing towards uh, him and Rhaenyra potentially being a match. But oh, I see. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, but then there's like it's clear that Sir Kristen Cole and her actually have like more vibes together. They've got great vibes, but, but he's uh, kind of a nobody, right? Yeah, so, but he's a nobody exactly. But um, the king, the uh, the king did say that she would have the opportunity to pick whom she wants to mm. which would be a huge as so being like a young girl can you imagine how good that would feel for your dad to tell you that like hey you can marry whoever you want to which sounds crazy like, especially that's what we do in nobility in nobility yeah. yeah so that's what we do nowadays right like it's, uh-huh. it's very obvious to us but for her she like her her whole entire personality changed as soon as he told her that which is yeah cool. yeah so it, it essentially culminates in and it was such a weird scene because like Literally, uh, it reminded me, gosh, there's another TV series. I didn't watch it. I only saw a few episodes of it, but it's the one where uh, the dad has the three children and he ends up dying and the, the, the show keeps bouncing forward and back to when the dad's alive to when the kids are all grown up. I can't remember what the show is uh, is is called, but in that show, there's a, an episode towards the end of season one. Uh, all of you who are listening pr- probably know exactly what I'm talking about, and I can't even think of the name of the show. But towards the end, there's kind of like this dramatic buildup with like all these ways that you think he's going to die. Because he mm. ends up dying, I think, in a house fire trying to like rescue mm. kids or something. But like, it's like he's drinking and driving, and you're like, oh, I see. He's going to get an accident. You're it. like, or, or he's going to run into this, or you know, yeah. and, you, and like, it kind of reminded me of that where like, they're doing that with Viserys. It's like, right. is he going to die from an infection? No, he's not going to die. His yeah. fingers are Uh-oh. a problem. Yes. <laughs> Those like, are looking pretty gross. Well, he had gloves on. Are the fingers oh, messed up on Did you notice that? So, no. so as he's, has, as he's, um, as he's dealing with his hangover and as Allison's talking to him, uh, in his chambers, as he's drinking his wine, both of his fifth and fourth fingers are gone. There's oh, and so they're, they're black. just gone. Okay, that, that, I didn't see that. That's that's interesting. So, but but then it's like kind of similar in that scene. It's like, uh oh, he's getting really drunk. Right. It's like uh, he's getting angry drunk. Right. <laughs> People are pissing him off. Like, what's going to happen? And, and then it's like, it, uh, there even the hunting scene. You're like, 
is oh, this I know. thing gonna just jerk to the side and just stab the king in I the know, neck I with one of too. his antlers? You know, like he has it, to die relatively soon. I feel like you would think for the and, show progression. But that whole vibe throughout that episode is insane. And like, in the whole time, you're just like, man, at any moment something terrible is going to happen, right. and then nothing happens. I know that was interesting. But then that culminates with the next day he's sober and he's talking to Rhaenyra and. If I'm, he sa- he uses the word supplant. Um, oh yeah, I think he used the word supplant. Uh, I can't. Re- I, I might be wrong about that, but he uses basically right. a synonym and promises Rhaenyra that he's not going to take the throne away from her. Right. Which I thought was significant. It is. Um, and also highly implies death. Because there's there's like f- at least four people that we know of that could make a claim to the throne. Right. Yeah. Well. So yeah. So Damon. Um, obviously Aegon. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Rhaenyra. And then the, um, oh my gosh, we we're just talking about his family, but, um, the, the shipping family. Oh, Corliss Valeria. Yeah. 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 So essentially there's, there, yeah, there's all these claims, which is kind of like, it's kind of a similar vibe to what happens in the, uh, uh, the first one, which by the way, juxtaposed, we, we see, um, Viserys do that wimpy ass, whatever the, whatever you want to call that version of hunting. Like yeah. Robert Baratheon, like was just him, his like a guy who carried the wine, uh, <laughs> like one member of his King's Guard and like one other dude I can't remember, and they're all just like trudging through the damn forest. Just, and just Robert's got his spear. And then when the when the wild boar comes up, he's like, "Get out of the way!" I got it. <laughs> just true man stuff. Yeah, exactly. Be a man, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, that that's the the difference. But it's a similar type of deal because when Robert Baratheon ends up dying, there's kind of like, or when he gets sick, when he's on his deathbed and he's yeah. infected, like everyone's like scrambling to think like what's gonna happen. Like Renly freaks out and is like, we can't give it to my brother Stannis, so it's got to be me. So he runs south and starts making allies with like uh, Highgarden and all this stuff in, in, in the Reach and, and just yeah. forms this big army of 100,000 people. Stannis Baratheon gets the letter from uh, from Ned Stark and that tells that the Lannisters are engaging in incest and that none of these heirs are real. And then Stannis is like, well, it's mine then, you know? <laughs> and then meanwhile, like, meanwhile, up north, uh, up north, you've got Rob Stark that's like, King of the North, you yeah. know? And then, and uh, uh, Cersei's like, this, like, it's going to be my son. And then Daenerys Targaryen is over in the, uh, in Essos, like just messing stuff up, trying to. And so it's like everyone is just like it's mine, you know. I know, which blows my mind because like it's like who actually wants to be like have that job? Like, I know. I'm like, like all these shows confirm the fact that I don't want to be king or. Oh, president. dude, that, are you kidding me? They say like there's like that like that money and power thing. Like I think everybody has a certain amount of desire for money for if if not for material possessions then for comfort, for comfort. Yeah. you know. But like but like power has never been a thing Ugh. that has been interesting to me. And but, huge like, decisions especially when yeah. someone's just waiting to kill you all the time oh dude how many thousands of people would just want to kill you know the king in order to like have his job dude just the just the regular day-to-day fear oh, of of being in that worst. position is is the is backstabbing like we see that with the hightower family with like Otto, right uh um, uh-huh. and and how like he's like definitely making a push for his family to start getting in charge dude Otto's a creeper man i do not like that guy it, but i picked up that vibe on him pretty quickly which is funny because i did 
did not. Like the first mm-hmm. time I met him, like, oh yeah, the King's Hand, you know, he must be legit, a legit guy. But then you also called that with Damon as well. You, you said that you liked him a lot, and I was like, uh, he's a little freaky, right? And then now he's my, he's probably my favorite character. He's he's interesting, and, and I want to. I, so I want to get into that. So basically, at the um, at Aegon Targaryen's second birthday party, uh-huh. um, which results in the hunt, just an absolute banger. Just just <laughs> just just just, dude, just, a, just yeah, that's just the, part of the kid parties hard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after that, or during that party. Some member of the council comes running up to him and says, "Like, hey, in the stepstones, they're in tough shape. They only have like fourteen oh, days worth of food. Like, they're in big trouble. <laughs> blah blah blah. All this stuff." So, um, and of course, Viserys is like, "Dude, like, we're partying." Yeah, like what? So, but uh-huh. eventually, eventually, they manage to convince him to send aid, and he does in the form of like a. It's not even really a condescending letter. It's more of like a big brother, like, "Hey, little brother." Yeah. I don't want to watch you fail, so I'm sending help kind of thing. But it was kind of a weak amount of help from what it seemed like, right? Like, did you get that vibe? I don't know. I don't know how many ship units. Two ships and two ships and 2,000 soldiers or Oh, I thought it was like, like 10 ships or something. I could be wrong. It was, so, it was some small force. It was a but meager force. It didn't seem like it was going to be enough or whatever it is because Damon was obviously pissed off about it and just beat the crap out of the uh, the messenger. Well, to, to give you some perspective, like... Um, the Rob Stark's army at the beginning of Game of Thrones is twenty thousand. The uh, the army that Renly Baratheon is working with is like a hundred thousand. Mm. Uh, presumably, because they say that there's two Lannisters for every one Stark. Uh, presumably, the Lannisters have like forty thousand. So a force from King's Landing of two thousand soldiers yeah. is that's that's meager in the that's form of nothing. ships too. Which yeah. like that that intro scene where the ships were trying to go through that passage and they're just getting taken out by the fireballs. Yeah. yeah, it's like obviously ships aren't working, and then they're trying to do the essentially bombing runs with the dragons, but they would just go into their holes every time, so the dragon couldn't do anything. So. The, yeah, the, that's the dynamic, the military dynamic at play is like Damon thought he'd be able to go over there and mess him up with their dragon, with yeah. his dragon, but the every time he attacks, the crab feeder's army just disappears into the caves. Right. And they can escape. Yeah. Right. And, and again, I'm so surprised that that villain is already gone. Like, and I'm kind of bummed because I really liked, I really liked the character. super interesting in the way, and it was, it was like, obviously it was like extremely violent, but like. The way that he would kill people was was really interesting. Like where he just essentially tie them up, tie them to. Yeah, it's kind of like a, crucifixion on. It's a beach. kind of a crucifixion yeah. on a beach vibe, yeah. and it was like super intense. But also, it was just so classic a Game of Thrones where that guy uh, gets nailed by the crab feeder. And then he's like, Damon, like my king or whatever. And then Damon's a dragon just, just squashes stops him. On him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that is Come so- save me, Damon. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, that unsettled me so much. Oh, I was dude. just like, oh my gosh, this is so Game of Thrones. The so so Damon gets pissed off at the messenger and just pounds his head in for no particular reason. Right. Um, and then like there was some sort of mention early in the episode when they were um kind of talking about strategy to beat the crab feeder. Where they basically say, like, we need to find a way to bait them to come out of the caves. Right. And then somebody straight up suggests, like, well, it should be Damon because they won't come out if they think the dra- dragon's coming. Oh, yeah. And it's it's known from the second episode when uh, Corliss is talking to Damon, he goes, like, uh, we weren't dragon riders the way that the Targaryen family was. We mm. were seafaring people. You know, right. like we were sailors. And so... You uh, presumably that's common knowledge throughout the realm. So, like, essentially, um, uh, 
when if Damon Targaryen surrenders the way yeah. that he did, they can assume that the dragon's not coming. You know. What so I mean? was that Damon's dragon though at the end of the episode? Yes. So um, if he you look throughout that entire scene, so so Damon Damon fakes surrendering and then does this like mad sprint. To just, just to just I know. draw all, all sorts of attention. No arrow can seek him. Yeah, he's just, just arrow dodging, man. Yeah, and uh, and during that uh, that instance, if you look, they keep flashing back to the crab feeder, and he's doing and two he keeps things. looking up at the sky. Right, yeah, he's yeah. doing two things. He's looking at the sky, looking for the dragon, like towards the edge of the ridge. And then he's also like commanding troops to go out. Right. But he's doing like weird like twitch things as he commands. That's them. like it's his super signals. bizarre. Yeah, yeah, which is really weird. But then eventually <laughs> Lola is on <laughs> one. <laughs> eventually what ends up happening is the uh they get enough of the soldiers to come out of the caverns. Boom, here comes the dragon. Yeah. Corliss's uh um son is riding the dragon, which is interesting because right. it's the first uh Valerian that we've seen ride a dragon. And then out of nowhere the uh the Valerians charge into the to the battle. We get to see Corliss and presumably his brother. I think it's his brother. Uh, yeah. Just just wrecking dude. That was so cool. On the beach, yeah, which was super cool. And they were both using like these weird like spear like halberds almost like yeah. spears that have like an axe on the end of them and stuff. Yeah. Like it was that was a, that was like you know, Game of Thrones does this really interesting thing because I've noticed this as I've rewatched. I'm like, uh, Carly and I are cruising through Game of Thrones. We're like sec- uh, second half of season two now. Wow. And uh, and it's so good. And like one of the things they do in Game of Thrones that I think is really interesting is they will skip over what they perceive to be not inconsequential battles. I so see. it'll be like, oh, yeah. it'll be like uh, they'll show the scene right before the battle and then they'll show the scene right after the battle. And like, and like it, it, uh, the first time you see it happen, it can come off as like it's okay. the The first time it'll it'll happen, it it'll it'll make you think like oh, like they're being lazy. But really, what they do is they save their production for the important battles because it's incredibly and expensive to exactly. get two hundred people fighting each other with explosions and yeah. Well, and then they just put a great deal of effort into it, and so right. like what'll happen they, is they're it's trying like, to do it right. Exactly. Like presumably there have been dozens and dozens of battles between right. the crab feeder and and the valerian forces right and it's like but they show the penultimate one and they'll do that where it's like it's like the starks and the lannisters will battle a million times and they won't actually show any of the fights right but then it'll be like stannis baratheon sailing his fleet into blackwater bay to attack king's landing yeah. That one, we're seeing everything. Yeah, you know let's what check I mean? That out. Or like or like this is the Battle of Winterfell. We're gonna see everything. This is the Battle of the Bastards. We're gonna see everything. Like you they they do a really good job of like picking their spots for when to really dive into the the uh, uh they pick their spots about when to really dive into the production of the battle scenes. And yeah. that was that was a it, that was an important one for them to show, and I thought it was Awesome. I thought it was Yeah, really I thought cool it was scene. incredible as well. Um at the very end, as Damon's walking out with the severed body of the crab Dude. feeder, did you know did you know that it was him carrying the crab feeder, or did you think it was the swapped? Because when I originally saw the long hair, I thought it was the crab feeder, and I thought Damon had been severed. No. Which was super crazy. I thought the entire because I kind of picked up on like the purpose of that scene. Like yeah. the purpose of that scene was like Damon and, and Corliss had been messing around in this yeah. war 
and not getting anything done. And Viserys basically called them out on it. It was like, fine, I'll come help you guys since you guys seem incapable of figuring this out. But again, like they were about to die anyways and he's sending ships. How fast could that be? You know what I mean? Well, so presumably the message came and the ships were, the ships and the message were sent at the same time. Oh, I see. So okay. presumably the ships wouldn't be too much further I behind see. the message. But anyway, like I thought, I thought the whole vibe of the scene was basically like Damon Targaryen being like, nope. This ends today. Yeah. And so I, I, when he went into those caves after him, all I could think is like, he's going to go in there and just mess this dude up. And, I see. And I think, I think like it's an interesting, cause so where, where do we go from here? Yeah. Um, my guess is that there's going to be a good amount of support among specific houses for Damon mm-hmm. because of his, strength and willingness right. to do what Viserys could not do. Right. You know what I mean? And because we have to, again, we, we have to go with what we know. Mm-hmm. And what we know is that there is no female on the Iron Throne until Cersei yeah. uh, towards the end of uh, um, Game of Thrones. So from that standpoint, we can safely assume that Rhaenyra is not getting on that seat. So it's either going to be Aegon or it's going to be Damon or someone else. And so I thought like, like in a weird way, like, because you got to think if you're a Valerian, yeah. Who? What are you thinking about Damon right now? Yeah. You're like I would. I would run through a wall for this dude. Right. Like this I dude would goes do anything. Hard. This dude. <laughs> this dude goes hard. So like, yeah. from Who, that standpoint, like they they're gonna follow that dude. At, between Damon and uh, Rhaenyra, who's your favorite between the two? Not not like okay. Actually, who do you think deserves it the most? I think Rhaenyra would be the best leader because I think she's a better balance between the toughness of Damon and the and the lack of insanity. Right. So like one of the things there's a scene in in episode or season two of Game of Thrones where um where because basically uh um what's his face uh Joffrey is just out of control like just just being a total prick <laughs> and uh. There's a there's a hilarious scene in there where of uh, 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 Tyrion's bodyguard guy the 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 guy that's like traveling with him throughout the entire show is just like uh, Tyrion's like is there any cure for this is there anything we could do and like and the guy's just like there's no cure for being a cunt <laughs> <laughs> but like so Joffrey's just messing things messing things up and and Tyrion is talking with uh, with Cersei yeah. And and he goes like and he's they're talking about how Joffrey's out of control. Uh-huh. And then Tyrion basically like hints like, well, incest. <laughs> and Cersei's like Cersei's like, well, maybe this is the price for our sins. And uh-huh. uh and then she goes like, you know what they used to say what was the old saying? Every time a Targaryen is born, the gods flip a coin. And it was because like it was culturally accepted that half of the Targaryens were freaking insane. You know, and it's just funny because like you just see it's like for every yeah. Viserys, there's a Damon. You know what I mean? I guess and so, like yeah. and it's kinda like the cool but I think Rainier is like a better balance between the two. I do too. And it wasn't long ago when you and I were all stoked about Rainier's move, getting the dragon egg back from Damon and, and you exactly. know that was a power play too. So yeah, it's it's those but at the end of the day both of them have the strength of what it takes to be king or queen. Yes, exactly. Yeah. At least the strength portion of it. And, you know, and, and for the, like for the record, Viserys was good in other areas, you know, in terms of compassion and, and like measured decision-making process, even if it's too measured or too compassionate, you know? Right. Do you think that, um, (laughs) sorry, Nira kills the boar, but it's really not her kill in my book. 
because Cole is the one that actually probably um, fatally wounds it and then she kind of finishes it off, right? Do you think that that carries any weight um, for the rest of the season or do you think that was just kind of an interesting interesting scene? So that's the last scene we got to talk about. First of all, Carly was talking trash about Rainier too and was like, was like she didn't actually beat that animal. Right. It was it she, was it was Sir Kirsten Cole, and I'm like yeah. I'm like, dude, she was sitting by a campfire when this thing bull rushed her, and like she she hadn't even gotten off her butt yet. Like right, like dude, like uh, like even Sir Kristen, who was staring in the direction of it, got caught off guard and knocked right. over by it. You know, and then Sir after he mounts Rhaenyra, then Sir Kristen comes in and kills it. You know. Um, <laughs> the word mount that you just yeah, used. just full mount. <laughs> yeah. Uh, attacked is another synonym that could have been used could've there. Could have gone with anything else. Uh. <laughs> but, uh, but so th- they run into the white stack at the yeah. end on the yeah. hill. I know. And I thought that was really interesting because the, you know. It was nature's balance, right? Like nature has a way of trying to balance things. Even yeah. in our in our world here, like nature always tries to balance things into some capacity. And For sure. That's kind of the vibe that I got. It was like, hey, you're the true heir is what the, the vibe exactly. I was getting. Yeah. Because Viserys, he's depressed that the stag that they caught is just a regular old stag. Again, he did not deserve to kill any white stag. No, he did not. Yeah. But like... It's 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 that's like the the mirror image there is like meanwhile right. Rhaenyra ends up running into the to the stag. It's like the biggest sign ever of that particular dynamic. And, right. And uh, I, and I don't know if Rhaenyra ever ends up telling anybody about it. That's the interesting part. What do you think the symbolism is with her not trying to kill it? Because uh, it can I be was, taken a lot of different ways. Yeah, I thought I took it more as like like. I thought it was more of like, like you probably wouldn't like this, but I thought it was kind of like an anti-hunting stance. I see. Oh, oh, like, like just I think like more it was modern kind of like take a, on... A, like a respect for life. Ah, I that, see. You know, that kind of thing. I see. Yeah. I think that's a good take. I think another potential take is um, not doing something that's unneeded. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so just because yeah. there's a big, beautiful white stag doesn't mean you have to go kill it. Right. And, and for whatever it's worth, I'm, I'm very not, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not against hunting. Um, but, uh, yeah. Or, or, um, I don't have a, a hunting opinion. You don't No, because I never did it. I, ne- I never did it much growing up and I'm not yeah. like, uh, I'm certainly not in, uh, involved with PETA. So I know. see. I think if you eat meat, you should be cool for hunting. I, is my I'm, well, that's take. my thing is I'm cool for hunting, but yeah. I don't have hunting takes. Like, right. I, I don't you. have like a, let me tell you what I think about stag hunting. You yeah, know, yeah, like I'm not that white guy. stag hunting in <laughs> yeah, particular. particular. Actually, yeah. <laughs> actually. <laughs> so I think that was probably the big one. Is just like, um, just because she could kill it didn't mean she would have to, and that would that would um, symbolize her abilities to make good decisions down the road if she ever was queen. Exactly. Um, I agree. Yeah. So I, I think that was probably the big take for me. And there's a, one other take that I was just thinking of, but I can't even remember it. Um, oh, maybe it was her also foreshadowing her turning down the throne. Oh, that's because, interesting. Because, because it's bad for the realm because all the men in the realm lose their freaking minds. Right. So like if she would have gotten the stag and, and pulled it in, that would have been a huge deal. People would have been really, really excited about that. Shit. They were stoked about the boar kill. 
Um, uh-huh. So, which they had killed. It looked like a hundred of them. Uh, that was the a power before. move, and Rhaenyra just came back into the the city, just covered cool, in bloody. blood with a dead yeah. boar. Yeah. But like that also could have been like a vibe, like okay, like if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, just in general. It'll be really interesting to see the direction they go there. Otto definitely overplayed his hand with the whole like, you see, your grace, this is a sign. It's the white stag, and it's I like, know. well, then you just attached the legitimacy of your grandson as the heir to the stag. To this animal. and it's not real you know right um did you have anything else from this episode no that was it all right that's all we have for today guys we appreciate your support as always and we will see you next time thanks a lot